This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to talk some blues hockey. Welcome to the Blues NHL podcast, hosted by former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and former Blues enforcer Darren Kimball. And we got a problem in front of the hog bench. Kimball pulling it, Ronick. Here's Kimball swinging it, Ronick wildly, and the linesman trying to get in between them. Federico stolen from Reinhardt, breaking in to Hunter. Hunter shooting, rebound. Jada Hall looking for 500. He shoots. He scores. Brad Hall, number 500. Oh, unbelievable oh, save by Jake Allen. Tarasenko in the clear. He scores. And now here's your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Hello, Blues fans, and happy Monday. Welcome to your Monday morning edition of the Blues NHL podcast, Our uh, normally what is our weekend recap, but obviously we're all aware this was the All-Star weekend, so Blues have been on a little bit of a hiatus, except for uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, who was participating in the in the event. Uh, in any event, let's welcome in my Monday morning counterpart. Uh, you all know him as the uh, McKendree University Bearcats Uh Men's Division Two hockey coach Gary Henson. Gary, what's going on? Not much, man. Good morning. Happy Monday. Well, um, we're moving on. This is where it gets real. We are past the All Star break, as they like to say, and uh, our Blues are scuffling. Uh, we had the impressive win last week that we were wondering how that was going to go when we sat here last Monday. Obviously, um, <clears throat> trying to figure out how the heck do we go into Pittsburgh. And then go into Minnesota with the way that they'd been performing. And then they went into Pittsburgh, obviously. We covered it Thursday when Jamie and Darren were here. with an impressive win. And then, obviously, we head into Minnesota, which is a tough place to play as well. Game started out okay, but kind of the same same old, same old to some degree. Would you not agree? No, I agree. And I think, uh, you know, Minnesota is one of the top teams. Tough building, tough barn to go into. But... Um, what the game on against Pittsburgh showed and it revealed its ugliness on Thursday was who's scoring yeah. for this team. Yeah. I mean look who scored on in Pittsburgh. Right. And then you get a you get a goal out of Vladdy on against the Wild and then nothing from anyone else. Well, I mean, it does seem to me like I mean, I hate to use the word out of sync, but they sure seem to be out of sync. I don't I don't know what – you know, the boys have talked, and when I say boys, I, I mean, you know, um, Jamie and Darren, have mentioned numerous times on here that, you know, what's their identity? What are they doing? Like, what are they – where – you know, what are we trying to accomplish? What's – and it just seems all over the place to me. I, as a fan, I'm given the complete fan perspective. And really all I'm doing is reiterating what fans are saying to us, right? Like, I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to read tweets, don't, to, to listen to Facebook, listen to the call-in shows. Fans are confused. And the one thing I can say about the Blues over the years 
it seems like if you're a real you know if you're a diehard blues fan you've lived with some tough tough seasons but you've also had some great seasons that didn't end the way you wanted them then right but at least they were good seasons it seems like the blues have always had an identity like you knew what you were going to get right now you have no idea i mean it's the whole forest gump thing right now like it, you have no idea what you're going to get in that box of chocolates right now and that's got to i mean I, that doesn't sound like a winning recipe to me so as we move forward you know i think we're going to talk just a briefly about it because I think it's kind of redundant what has to happen if they're going to have any success here as we try to make the playoffs. Who establishes that identity? No one is right now. Right. Like, And I think the players know that problem as well. Right. But they were not the same. They're not the same team from day to day. Right. Like teams go through things, you know, for where they kind of lose it for a few games or whatever. But this is like day to day. And you're right. I don't know who they are. The fans don't know who so, they are. Being a Division II hockey coach, your McKendry Bearcats are having a great season. Um, obviously, I follow you, and I know a lot of our listeners follow you guys. Um, when you're the the schedule that you have, okay, I try to keep up with it. I know you guys have a weekend schedule, of course. Do you play much during the week? No, we're Friday Saturday. Does that do you find that hard for you to kind of maintain? Like you know, it's almost like they say in hockey, like when you get going well, you want to keep playing, right? So do you find that as a hard motivating thing for you? And where I'm going with this is, and you mentioned it, so if if we have to get this identity going, you know, you play enough games that you ought to be able to try to build on an identity. Correct. I think that's the Blues problem, how we combat that, and it's it's obviously different because we play back-to-back and then we're off until right. the next Friday. Um, what we do as a staff is to keep that edge is we compete in practice. So we're on the ice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for practice. And at some point during those those practice sessions when we're on the ice, the boys are competing against one another. So we try to keep that level of competition amongst the team. Um, the Blues obviously are in a different situation. I mean, you're talking Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday for the most part. But there just isn't a level of compete with them. And it doesn't look like they're trying to outdo one another either, you know, like – in my world or what I see is, you know, if Schwartz and those guys have a good shift, the line right behind them should try to improve on that shift. And it's just not. It's so inconsistent. Well, it's, again, I all, I've, all I want from, you know, my Blues team, and I say my Blues team because, again, like I said, I, I, it's like that we talked about that picture that's going on on Facebook. You know, you love them. And that doesn't mean you hate them just because you're mad at them, I guess, or whatever. But, you know, they're probably just as mad at themselves as I am at them. So, I mean, that's not anything new. But the one thing that we can't get away from is that as we, you know, as we speed towards the playoffs, the trade deadline is fast approaching. Kevin Chattenkirk's name's all over the place. Um, It's been, you know, discussed at nauseum on this show that, um, you know, Jamie brought up a great point of, you know, all you're going to do is open up a big hole by getting rid of him. We've discussed, everybody on the show has discussed that it's a great thought to think, well, if we have to get rid of him, let's get a bundle for him. Unless they do a sign-and-trade, I don't see that happening. Um, I don't know. I, some of these latest rumors, I mean, now they're really flying. Now there's names attached to them that are real. Uh, the, the, what was the one from Toronto? Did it have the Van Riemsdyk in it? JVR, and it, yeah. Yeah, and then it had a couple other guys. I, they had him going to Boston. Um, yeah, and you know, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I, Van Riemsdyk's okay, I, you know, he, he, but my my point is, all we're going to do is open up a big hole offensively from the defensive side, 
and we're not going to get back anything that's going to make a real difference for us. I'm sorry. I, I don't see how this is a win for us. I don't either. And you know how I feel about Shattenkirk. I think he's a character guy. Right. And I think if these trade rumors weren't swirling and this contract wasn't up in air, that players would buy into him. You know, I think he's got that leadership ability, and I think I would he's, agree. he's chippy on the ice, and he's not afraid to, you know, stand up for his teammates, and he's got an attitude. But I, it's hard to follow a guy that if you think he might not be there in a few weeks. Yeah, like I, I, I think I've mentioned that he's the guy that seems to be the one that's taken that role of, you know, he stays on the ice late, he engages with the fans, he's in the locker room. I mean, we've seen some video come out of the locker room where it seems like he's the guy that's doing some of the fun stuff in the locker room. You know, you can't have enough of those guys. At the end of the day, I think you brought up a great point and, you know, look who's scoring some of the goals here. Um, you know, the, what, what arguably is the best fourth line in hockey. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so um, we need the first, second, and third lines to, to start playing and being a part of what we need to be one of the best teams down the stretch because that's right. really, in my opinion, the only way it's going to get. We've beat up the goaltending to death here. Um, you know, Jan, uh, Darren Kimball, and you know, I, I don't know how most people took his uh, his thoughts last week, but a lot of people were like tweeting at us and things like that. Like, well, I guess Darren was right. It, it you know, it's hard to hard to go with a half glass full after a big win in Pittsburgh when you know what your consistency rate has been. And the reality of it is, you know, he brought up the fact that while he likes Carter Hutton and understands where we're at, that their guys are backups, career backups for a reason. And he said since day one that Jake Allen's got to be Jake Allen for this team to have any chance. So, you know, I think it's probably the dumbest and most simplest thing to say in this whole thing, but if we have a chance at all, Jake Allen has to be Jake Allen. Or, you know, I don't know that it really matters what we do, does it? No, I agree, and that's where the identity of the team, in my opinion, was going to be this year. It was going to be a solid team who could put the puck in the net, you know, maybe not score seven every night. They were going to be, you know, responsible in the D zone, but Jake Allen was going to be your marquee guy. You were going to win based on Jake Allen. Right. Um, and back to Shaddy, I think there are more positives to keep Shaddy than there are to remove Shaddy. And, right. and I think Shaddy is part of that whole Jake Allen character thing. I think the two of them, um, they've got to step up, and, and I think Shaddy stays, and I think Jake's got to be Jake. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you this. I you know, I, I want him to make a push so bad because I, I want to re-energize. I want to build off last year. I hate – not building off the momentum that that you that you get and that that you earn, and it would just be a shame to see you know and and you know you feel like the owners have done a lot. There's a lot going on down there right now. A, a great playoff push, and then any type of environment down there for the playoffs would be great for the city, great for the team, great for the fans. So I hope that happens. Um, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go to Angela Sharp here in just a few minutes. But before we do, everybody knows Angela and loves Angela. She's so energetic, so great with the fans down there. And obviously a lot of you guys uh, out there want to get that female perspective of what they think about the Blues. we got a lot of female fans, and we do appreciate you greatly. So uh, before we do that, we want to remind everybody that we couldn't do the show without our friends. Uh, Vincent Mortgage is such a big name in the community. They're so supportive, especially of all the sports shows and the teams. 
and you know they're just a quality company. So we want to remind you that one of the coolest things about them is that you can chat live with a loan officer at vincentmortgage.com and get any information you need instantly. What you want to do is visit vincentmortgage.com, click chat with a mortgage expert, and you can connect live and in real time to one of their professional loan officers. They can help you figure out the best way to reach your family's financial goals. It takes five minutes to get pre-qualified if you're looking to buy a new house in 2017. Uh, I can tell you all day about them. They're great. They do uh, quick, fast, honest work. But at the end of the day, let's hear from them themselves. And when we come back, we're going to hear from Angela Sharp. See you on the other side. Quit holding off on refinancing your home. You must do it right now. The rates are projected to rise in 2017, and at Vincent Mortgage, we have professional loan officers that can help you with your current financial situation. Don't miss this opportunity to save. Call today, 314-839-9999, or chat live at vincentmortgage.com. Come visit us at 12801 Flushing Meadows Drive, St. Louis, Missouri, 63131, NMLS number 225095. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, sticking with us through there and listening to our good friends, let them tell you a little bit about themselves over at Vincent Mortgage. And like I said, I really encourage everybody, just give them a chance, vincentmortgage.com. All right. Time to go to one of our newest segments. And uh, uh, with everything going on around town, had a little trouble connecting there, but uh, but we're ready to go with Angela each and every week, 10 a.m. on Monday mornings for our weekend recap. Happy to welcome her in. And don't forget, we're going to let you, the fans, uh, name her segment. And we've had some great uh, ideas right out of the gate, but since now we're on that regular routine, we wanted to give all the fans an equal opportunity. So let me welcome in Angela Sharp. Angela, what's going on? Hey, nice to talk with you this very bright, sunny morning. Yes, it is sunny, and it is supposed to warm up a tad today, so I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah, what, me too. I'm, exci- I'm excited for it. This is, this is optimistic for the future, you guys, the sun. Yes, we need, we need some optimism in here. So, And I thought, you know, nobody perfect than you, as we were texting last night about, okay, what do we want to cover a little bit? And, you know, some of the things are pretty natural. So the first thing I want to do before we get to what I really think you're going to give us some great insight about is I want to get your thoughts. You know, obviously you're a fan, and you're pretty busy during the games, but you're a Blues fan. Um, you know, what are your thoughts as we head into this, you know, what we have, what we have to view as really a playoff push? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, now, now after the All Star break, the team really has to get it together and you know make make that push. Everybody talks about the goalie situation, and yes, that has to work itself out. But there's a lot of other factors going involved in making any sort of playoff push. Our, our defense needs to tighten up. We need to figure out if we're a checking team or if we're a speed team, and of course, we need to make some goals. And that seems really daunting when you look at all those things having to gel together. But I think the break for the All Star break. You know, for most of the team, other than and Tarasenko, is going to be nice. I think that you know, I think you know, we as fans in the summer we are like jonesing for hockey. We were looking for hockey news because we missed so much. But I think as a player, they need that time to you know take a break, breathe, like live their own lives. And for whatever reason, I think they needed that right now. And so that All Star break came in perfect time. And you know me, I mean, I do work for the Blues, so I am usually optimistic, but I really do think they're going to come back together. Tuesday's game at home is going to be great, and they're going to gel, and everything's going to work, and we're going to be a little less frustrated as fans. Well, you mentioned the fans, and you have, you know, the direct access to them. Everybody knows you and as the, you know, the, you know, you interview the fans, you work, you talk to people during games, you do all this. 
How are the fans handling this inconsistency? What are you noticing? Is it, you know, are they upbeat? Is it tough? I mean, Gary and I talked about the the thing going around on Facebook and that, you know, there's always popular photos and things, but there's a photo of an old man sitting on a bench and the blue note sitting next to him, next to him and he's got an umbrella over the blue note and it's just raining on the blue note and it says um, just because uh, what's it say, Gary? Just because I'm mad at you doesn't doesn't mean I don't still love you. Yeah, so I mean are are you getting that from the fans a little bit? Well, I mean, yeah, actually, that's that's a perfect, perfect analogy of, of how the fans are. I think that right after the Winter Classic, you know, they had a little bit of slip, the, the guys did. And and the fans were giving them a lot of leeway, a lot of credit for, you know, well, we had the Winter Classic, and that was a great game, and it'll be fine. Now, more recently, towards the end of January here, fans are getting a little bit more vocal with their frustration. But as far as in-game goes, during a home game, it's it's one of those things that now when there's a goal scored in the first, whatever, couple minutes of play, you can kind of feel the, the air leave the room at the Sky Trade Center. And I know for talking to some of the guys and hearing some of the guys in interviews, that they can read the fans. They, they hear the crowd when the crowd's into the game, and, and the same goes when the crowd isn't into the game. So when... Actually, from a personal standpoint, you know, somebody who works there and wants the team to do well, if you could not let the air leave the room, if they are scored on in the first couple minutes, I do think that will help the team out. But as far as goes, the fans at the game, I mean, it makes my job easier when, when we're winning. It makes everybody's job easier when when we're winning. It's It's kind of in these tough times that we have to really kind of get it together and still cheer on the team. Yeah, it's uh, you know, that first goal, especially when it's at the beginning of the game, it, it feels deflating, like you mentioned. And that's interesting to hear because I think we always wonder, you know, you hear things like, you know, the players feed off the fans. And sometimes you wonder, you know, is that true? I mean, do they really? I mean, Gary, do you get that sense of even the collegiate level? Do the, do the players really need that feel? Yeah, we do. We, uh, we've been on the road for three and a half years, and now with our new building, yeah. we're drawing 1,000. And yeah. the energy level of the boys is is a whole lot different. The first ten minutes of the game is is incredible, so they do feel feel that, and they do feed off it. You know, Angela, I would ask you that you know from a fan's perspective, do you think you know do the kids understand just as much as the adults kind of what's going on out there? I know you, you know you try to get everybody involved out there, and I always wonder do the you know the kids love or are more loving right? Like they're not as they don't get as upset as quick with a team, but you know, is this even kind of leaking over a little bit into our young fans? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, kids. What kid? What, what do kids do? They're there with their mom, their dad, whoever they're there with, aunt, uncle, whoever it might be. They kind of feed off that person. So when that person is, you know, muttering underneath their breath and and cussing, <laughs> then the kid is angry and angry. But for the most part, no. I mean, unless that kid, we're talking about a kid who's, you know, maybe. 13 and up who actually plays the sport other than like those kids they know what's going on but i think as like the casual fan who happens to bring their son or daughter to you know maybe they don't bring them to a whole lot of games maybe they have season tickets or whatever pack and they don't bring them to a whole lot of games but they're only there every once in a while no i mean those kids don't necessarily know what's going on they're just following suit of whomever's sitting next to them at the game and you know trying to be a part of it that way angela i know they have uh you know that we talked about the first goal and the feeling and the the deflated feeling but how much of the Shattenkirk weight 
is in the fans and in that building. Like the the unknown of what's going to happen to a guy that, for the most part, I think the fans really like. And how much of that is, do you feel like is is an issue in the building? Well, I mean, that's been a, a topic of conversation with the fans in the building since the end of last season. You know, what, what wonder what we're going, who we're going to get for him, and what's going to happen with them. And I mean, I think it is sad that such a likable player and a good player that Kevin Chattenkirk is that there is a huge unknown with, you know, what are you going to get back if, if you do go ahead and have to trade him because of monetary reasons down the line, what, what do you get back from him? I mean, that's been a topic of conversation since, since the end of last season. And, and now that we're getting closer and closer to the deadline, of course, that's one of the topics of conversation that fans are talking about and trying to figure out, you know, everybody likes to play, you know, from their own home. If, if they were the manager, if they were the general manager, who would they get and how would they do it? So you, you do hear a lot of that when you wander the concourse. Yeah, I was going to follow that up with, you know, I know we've talked about it since last spring, but now we're getting closer, you know, and, and we're, what, two, three weeks out? Yeah. Two or three weeks out, and the pressure's there now, and the, un, the unknown is staring you more in the face every day. And it's gonna be it's gonna be a known here real soon, right? It's <laughs> gonna be a known here real soon, you know. And I'm kind of everybody wants that w- the chips to fall. Like that's how I feel about what's going on with the fans. Um, you know, and Angela, to play off of what Gary was saying, and then kind of what you were saying, my question to you would be. It seems to me like, if I'm hearing you right, and maybe I'm assuming and I don't ever want to assume, it sounds like the fans kind of almost feel like he's gone. Like like he's gone. Like they have, the, the, the social media I get from people is, is like, when Jamie said on this show, I think we should do the opposite. I think we should sign him. It, it's one of the first times I've ever heard anybody anywhere say, wait a minute, what are we doing? Why, are, why is it a foregone conclusion that this guy's gone? Is that kind of what you get to, is that people just assume he's gone because of the money? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. People, fans, just assume he's gone because of the money. And and I think fans understand, you know, how the salary caps and all that work. So they kind of just assume he's gone because of the money. And if that's the case, they've kind of, I think, made their peace with that as much as they can. And they kind of, you know, want to get somebody good. But I'm with Jamie. I, I, I hope you keep him. I mean, not only is he a great player, but he's, he's a wonderful person for the community. So, I, I mean... That would be the, the best option, I think, for us as a team. You know, we, we've talked a little bit about on here that it seems like, and I know he's not the captain, but, you know, and the captain has duties as well, but, it, boy, it really seems to me, and, and Gary's noticed it as well, is that Shattenkirk's kind of taken the role of the, the guy that really engages with the fans, that, that really, you know, that last guy on the ice, make sure he grabs pucks, gives them the fans. And don't get me wrong, they got a lot of great guys on the team that engage, and they're great with the community. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at, though, is he seems to have embraced this role. And we see video come out of him in the locker room. I mean, do I wonder if the fans realize that besides just what he does on the ice, you know, his off-ice contributions are, are very important as well. I, I just I always wonder about that. I, I think the fans, you know, especially the fans that he's interacting with personally. I know I, I told the story when we, I was first on, when we first started this, and it was like we were at an event. It was for little kids, kids with cancer, and the little girl, I don't think she necessarily knew who he was, but her dad told him to go get her, his autograph. So she goes over there, and, I mean, this guy gets down on her level, Kevin does, and he's talking to her, and he, well, I, I want your autograph, and, and he got her autograph. And he, you could just see the smile on her face, and and 
don't tell me that little girl's not still a hockey fan to this day because of him, because I know she is. Yeah. Because it was just such a cute interaction. And I think that the fans who get that one-on-one experience with him or, or see him, you know, the pucker in an interview, you know, do realize what he's doing for the community, what he's doing for the team, and even recruiting new fans, like I said. Well, it looks like, um, you know, they've got a nice little home stand here this week. You're going to be real busy down there. My assumption is is that by next Monday you're going to have a real good sense of what the fans have going, and um, and we'll have a better idea of how they're doing here through the break. I, I'm with you. Hopefully that week, that, that few days there, which was, God, it's almost going to be a week for them, isn't it? Pretty close. About five days, Gary? What is it, five, six days? Correct. You know, maybe that is what they needed, and maybe you're dead on, and you know, uh, it's interesting. We we kind of touched on when you're playing really well, you want to play. You want to get playing well. Maybe this is what they needed, some days away from the rink and let everybody else kind of come back to reality, and who knows what will happen. But, you know, they're our team. We love them. We want them to do well. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you, again, it's just yeah. like that thing says, you know, just because you, you're mad at them doesn't mean you don't love them. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And if you follow some of the guys on Instagram and whatnot, you can see that some of them went to, I think, Cancun and – took in a little sun so i mean they did they got away from the rink they got away from the cold so hopefully this is just what they need to recharge and you know get us back on track and i'm hoping that after these these three games at home the next time i talk to you we're going to have a a great conversation and be like oh that was wonderful they came back ready to go that's what i'm hoping for because i'm going to be positive the sun's out that means something good is going to happen this weekend see i like i like where you're going with this and remind everybody if they're not following you what how they should uh keep up with what you're doing because i got to tell you you might be one of the busiest uh people i've ever met yeah i try to stay busy i'm, I'm on twitter um and facebook it's angela angela has two l's in it my mom did that and sharp sharp has an e at the end of it so you can follow me on actually and i'm also on instagram too so you can follow me on those things and i i try to Keep up with what I'm going on, what, what I'm doing that week. I try to stay busy. Yeah, I, I got And don't forget to name this segment. I, I need somebody. You guys are, we need you guys to tweet us so we know what we're going to name this part we're, of the show. We're going to start that. Uh, we're going to start that barrage of social media blasting here, uh, starting today, uh, getting some stuff. And we had some people at, at the beginning do that, and they were pretty good. We'll we'll get something good for you. We want it to be strong, right? We want it to be solid. So. We'll get something good yeah, going we want to for strong you, but and solid. yeah, strong yeah. and solid, strong and solid. But uh, well, we appreciate you, Angela, for joining us each uh, each week here on the Blues NHL podcast. Like I said, I know a, a lot of people were interested to get that female take on on what's going on, and and also, you know, nobody has the pulse of the fans more than you do down at the Scott Trade. So it's really important for us to kind of get that feeling and get that gauge from you. So we do appreciate you being a part of the show. Yeah, thank you, and thanks for having me. And if you're coming to any of the games this week. Stop by, say hi, let's take a photo together. You know, just want to meet everybody we're talking to. Absolutely. We love the pictures, too, everybody. Get your picture taken with her and throw it out there and tag us. We'd love to share that around. So great stuff as always. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Angela Sharp, and as she mentioned, don't forget, uh, we are going to let the fans name her segment. We've had some decent ideas. We came, we came up with a couple here and there, but the reality of it is uh, we want the fans to name it. Keep it clean, all right? This is a borderline family show, and uh, we want it to be uh, you know something that everybody can recognize and identify with. So tweet that at us, at STL Blues Podcast, and, of course, you can also do it at Angela Sharp. And remember, it's two L's with an E at the end of Sharp, so... Uh, great stuff from her. What do you think, Gary? Like I said, I I think what's interesting is is you know the the reality of it is we've got some great 
contributors on this show that are really fan-related. Angela's out there with them every week. The St. Louis Game Time Report, which is the wonderful little magazine you can get before the games. Those are all types of things that completely revolve around the fans and the fan perspective. What do you think? She uh, she pretty dead on there in your opinion of what Blues fans are going through? Yeah, I think so. I think she's got a good pulse on what's going on. Um, I really I really like the the how open she is and wants the fans to come and meet her and and all that. I think that brings an extra element to the show and obviously to the to the fans or to the Blues themselves. So they get fans feel like they have more of a voice. The more of a voice they have, the 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 more connected they are to the team. Yeah, I like to uh, I like to get that because, like I said, I think it's important. We wanted to do this show. We wanted it to be from fans, uh, for the fans, about the fans. I think Jamie and Darren have kept it that way. Jamie, no doubt, is obviously extremely intelligent when it comes to understanding the back end of the game and, and what's going on behind the scenes. Darren gives a great perspective, you know, as that former player and a guy that's kind of lived the lived that role and that life that we love so much. But at the end of the day, they, they do. I, I can tell you, they're both fans just like we are to some degree. Right. And you know the story she, she told about Shaddy? Yeah. Everyone knows that stuff goes on. Right. But you still want to hear it. Mm-hmm. You know? And you still want to hear it from somebody who saw it. That's right. And was there. And, right. And it, like when she was telling that story, you and I both looked at each other. You could feel that. And it was tangible. And the fans liked that. And I like that she brings that to the show. Yeah, she's excited about doing it. Um, you know, she uh, you know, every time I talk to her, she's real energetic, she's high energy, she loves to interact with fans. She was so excited about doing this. It's, you know, just another thing that she wants to do. I mean, she wants to be identified, you know, with the blues as that is that person that that goes out and does that. And like I said, I think she does a great job. Man, she was busy during the Winter Classic. This girl was busy all over. Uh, you know, it was kind of a bummer, the NHL deal, that she wasn't actually working during the Winter Classic game. But, man, let me tell you, I don't know that she'd have had time. These Blues had her going everywhere promoting the game of hockey in St. Louis. And she did a great job. So we're excited to have her. And, again, we do want to remind you that we're going to let you name her segment. Uh, we're going to tweet some stuff out. We want you to – you can message it back to us. Uh, also, info at stlbluespodcast.com is the best way uh, to do that. Um, there's another one, info at bluesnhlpodcast.com would be the best email to reach us. Of course, you can go to our website, bluesnhlpodcast.com. That's where we house the uh, podcast themselves. Very easy way to subscribe to the show. When you subscribe, uh, you're going to get a notification letting you know that we've put out a new show. And, of course, now that we're doing two shows a week, that would be kind of important. Facebook's always great for us. Blues NHL Podcast is the way you can find us there. But Twitter is where we make our hay. We love Twitter. It's so quick. It's so easy. And really, Twitter is where you'll find out how the fans are feeling. At STL Blues Podcast is our Twitter handle. Uh, you know, we love doing it. So, great segment as always. Another good one that we really uh, appreciate is, of course, we mentioned the St. Louis Game Time. Uh, they do such a great job with their paper. Uh, they're going to be busy, busy people as there's uh, some a few home games here coming you don't want to miss it. If you go to a Blues game, just find their vendor outside. I believe it's $4. It's a great read. It's very entertaining. And, again, you'll, you'll really find out what's going on from a fan's perspective, but yet also very insightful. They take the time to talk about some of the things that uh, maybe you may not see in the everyday paper. So it's fantastic stuff. Bradley does a great job, and the St. Louis Game Time Report is something that we're very proud to have here. And uh, for that, let's go ahead and go to Brad right now and hear from the St. Louis Game Time for their St. Louis Game Time Report. Hi, this is Brad with St. Louis Game Time coming at you this week with the Blues NHL podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm recording this right after the All-Star break, so before the Blues 
have this three-game homestand starting Tuesday night against Winnipeg Jets. Then Toronto's in town for the big Bobby Plager retirement, Jersey retirement night. And uh, and so it's going to be an interesting week. It'll be interesting to see how Jake Allen responds to the situation that's been put in front of him where, you know, they really sat him down and, and you know, he, he got into the last game before the break against the Wild when he replaced Carter Hutton after he allowed what, five goals? Uh, and I think he made three, two or three saves. And, and at that point, you know, in the third period, I think both teams had pretty much shut it down. And there really weren't a lot of high-pressure situations for Allen. So I don't even know if you can say he got his feet wet in that game because I don't think he was really tested, and I don't think it's a really good barometer of where Jake Allen is with his game. So it'll be interesting to see. I I, I figure he's got to be in against the Jets, uh, and I would think he probably gets to start in Tor- against Toronto too. So we'll have to see. But it'll be interesting to also see how the team responds to the challenge put in front of them. Because it sure seemed like there were some games leading up to the All-Star break where goaltending sure might have been an issue, but a bigger issue was the play of the the Blues in front of the goaltender. Um, The team defense was not as strong. The forecheck was not as strong. The backchecking wasn't as strong. Um, the, The center of the ice was wide open. And that is a rarity on a Ken Hitchcock coach team. So I think the Blues really have a challenge in front of them uh, to really respond to some adversity and see what happens. You know, the trade deadline will be coming up in a couple weeks here later in February. And, you know, the Blues are, are married to Jake Allen. You know, Doug Armstrong traded Brian Elliott and then right after that gave Allen a, a four-year contract extension. That thing hasn't even kicked in yet. It begins next season. So he's under contract through this year and then four years after. And his his salary cap number pretty much doubles from 2.3, 2.4 to about 4.3, 4.4, something like that. So he goes from two, two and change to four and change for four years. That's going to be a, a hard guy. If you wanted to make a change in goal, um, A, you'd have a lot of salary cap sitting there on the bench in the backup goalie if you did try to get a different goaltender. I don't think you could really unload Jake Allen to too many teams right now, if any. I don't know if you could even leave him unprotected in the expansion draft and see him be taken by Las Vegas this summer. Doug Armstrong is married to Jake Allen for the foreseeable future. So realistically, you know, at this point in the season, I think I think they need some changes. There needs to be uh, something that happens to really kind of shake this team up. Having Ken Hitchcock step down or uh, fired or whatever, you know, could be a possibility. And, you know, he's just one way, one win away from Al Arbor. And when he was asked about that um, last week before the All-Star break, he got real emotional and didn't really want to talk about it. So maybe after he gets that, that uh, milestone victory and passes Al Arbor, maybe Ken Hitchcock has a little bit less motivation to stay behind the net. You never know. Or stay behind the bench, I mean. Uh, maybe after he passes Al Arbor, he says, you know what, I've, I've made a lot of accomplishments. I've got the one Stanley Cup ring. Uh, maybe it's time for me to step down and and let someone else take over. And that someone else is Mike Yao. Now, obviously, the question that is, could Mike Yao do a lot more with this Blues team that Ken Hitchcock has? And that is a really tough conversation because Mike Yao, you know, he's, uh, Mike Yao is, is definitely a little bit different style coach. He had different kinds of teams in Minnesota where he didn't have as much size and, and played more of a speed game, but was still very much a defensive-oriented 
head coach. So, and the other thing is, you know, he's behind the, the bench now as an assistant coach, the head coach in waiting. You can see during the games that during stoppages and during timeouts that when there's some coaching to be done and some X's and O's that happen, maybe set plays on an offensive zone faceoff, he's really taking control and kind of pointing things out to players and putting them in places where he wants them to be. Now, maybe him and Hitchcock are on the exact same page and and Mike Yo is just delivering the message and Hitchcock's on board. Maybe Hitchcock's took, taken a step back in some of the situations that here, you need to really work with the players on some of these uh, set plays and, 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 you know, take control. The other thing, you know, is the Kevin Chattenkirk trade. If they don't turn him into something, uh, prospects, picks, uh, a, a strong forward, maybe a, a, a larger forward, uh, a center maybe, who knows, uh, then I think Doug Armstrong isn't doing his job correctly. He really took a gamble last year by rolling with Backus and Brower into the playoffs as uh, unrestricted free agents come July, not re-signing them, not trading them away for assets in the future. Taking the run to the Western Conference Final was important for this team and this franchise in the city, especially after the Rams left, uh, a downtime for the Cardinals. You know, they could really make some new fans by by taking that run. And the city really was behind the Blues last playoffs, which makes everything that has happened this year so much more frustrating because they were just a couple wins from, from the Samuel Cup Final. But, you know, here's the other side of that coin. They went to a seventh game against Chicago. You know, a bounce here, a bounce there, and they get eliminated in the first round. Uh, they had their chances to eliminate Dallas early, and it, they took that to a seventh game. A few bounces here or there, and they don't make the third round. Um, so so maybe we were fooled a little bit last year. Or maybe it was just a good team that really fought through some adversity. It's it's really hard to say. You could You could literally make the case either way. So going to this year, you know, everyone had higher expectations and and maybe all those should have been tempered when they realized kind of the changes on the team. One other thought here, I I would really hope if they want to try to make a run in the playoffs this year. And you you never know, you get in, you know, that everyone points to the LA Kings twice winning the Stanley Cup as the 8th seed in the playoffs. The only 8th seed to ever win, but they've done it twice in recent memory. So you get there and you don't know what happens and and maybe they get hot and and make something happen. If they have any hopes of doing that, they need to add a veteran leader on this team. Say like a Shane Doan or a Jerome McGinley. Guys that, you know, were very productive in earlier years, but now are are veteran players who don't have much time left in the league and would really be valued for their leadership, their voice in the dressing room, their voice in the bench. Someone who could teach Alex Petrangelo how to be a little bit better captain, maybe. A, a voice in the locker room that would hold guys accountable when they don't play defense in front of the goalie, when the forwards don't get back and, and back check, or aren't pressing on the fort check, or aren't playing as well in the neutral zone. Someone to really come in and kick some butt. If they want to try to make around the playoffs, I think they need one of those veterans to come in and do that. So it'll be interesting to see what we what we get from the Blues here. You know, Winnipeg kind of embarrassed them. They were playing hard for Phoenix Phoenix Copley a couple of Saturdays ago, and, you know, they allowed five goals and then the empty netter. Uh, Then there's the Maple Leafs, and, man, if you can't play hard after seeing highlights of Bobby Plager with his patented hip check and, 
you hear hear from Bobby Plager talk about his love of St. Louis and love of the Blues in this franchise and and being there from the beginning and through so many years and ups and downs and and really dedicating his life to to that blue note. Uh, if you can't play hard after hearing all that and seeing all that, then maybe you don't deserve to be on the team. And then Pittsburgh comes in on Saturday, and gosh, they played really, really well against Pittsburgh last week. Maybe uh, the Penguins might be seeking a little bit of revenge. Who knows? So there, there are definitely some opportunities for the Blues here to show what they're made of and to really show that the first half of the season maybe was an aberration. Maybe they were still trying to figure out how to play as a unit without Brower and Backus and trying to see how Jake Allen could establish himself as a number one goaltender. Maybe all that stuff was just growing pains leading to a strong second half. Or maybe this is the team that we have and the team that they're going to have the rest of the season and you never know what kind of effort you're going to get on any given night. You never know if they're going to be able to put together a couple wins. So let's see what happens. Three games this week, all at home. Uh, this is the game time segment of the podcast. We run, uh, I run the paper that we sell outside games outside the garage near the 14th Street doors and at 14th, uh, 14th and Clark, northeast corner there, outside City Hall lot. Look for us on stlistgametime.com and at stlistgametime on Twitter. Uh, thanks for listening, and back to Jim. Great stuff as always, and I really hope you appreciate uh, all the work that Bradley and the guys over at St. Louis Game Time do to bring you that wonderful uh, paper ma- slash magazine. I guess I, it's a paper. I like to call it a rag because that's that's what it feels like to me is that old you know that old style great news, uh, great information. So really proud to have the St. Louis Game Time Report uh, be a part of Blues NHL podcast each and every Monday. Hey Jim, before we go, have you uh, taken a look at the schedule here? You know, um, it's interesting. I hadn't looking at it too too in depth until i was preparing for today and i gotta tell you i i think i you know it's funny you were kind of looking at i seen the look on your face over there and i think i had the same thought yeah a lot of teams that we just played yes and this homestand jets leafs penguins you know then we go on the road flyers senators leafs canadians we just played all those teams you know the flyers are the furthest back in december but i think you're going to see, hopefully, you're going to see an adjustment made. Well, we're going to find out if they have the ability to make such adjustment, right? Because, you know, the, the results have to be better than they were the first time. This is not a kind schedule. Not no doubt. All. No doubt. But I would say this, and maybe this is where hope, you know, springs eternal or whatever that term is. The reality of it is um, if you're going to make some hay, this would be a great way to start. Uh, let's face it, if you were to come out of these next few games playing well, winning games, you'd have to feel good about maybe, to your point, and I love the word, the adjustments. Right, right? exactly. I mean, well, you played Kimby's Jets. Yeah, but he First loves up, it. he loves those Jets. He, he, the, he, according to him, they're the best 500 team in, in, in hockey history. You know, I hope we, the Bearcats, are never the best 500 team. <laughs> I'm just going to put that yeah. out there. But, yeah, you play the Jets, you you know, and it's a big game. And, you know, Angela said the boys got away from the rink, so maybe they come in rejuvenated and, and you play against a team that's the best 500 team and you make sure that you, you beat the, you best, beat 500 the best 500 team. You are at home. You're at home. The fans are rejuvenated. Everybody's coming back off the exciting uh, all-star break. And then Leafs, Penguins, need more. see what kind of production you get from your top guys against the oh. Penguins this time instead of the best fourth line in hockey. 
Well, it'll be interesting. I do. I find that to be an interesting schedule. It is not kind, but I do think it is interesting that they're playing a lot of the same teams they just played. That's a great word, adjustment, which they need a real adjustment, right? I mean, it's got to be it's got to be way better than it was down the stretch coming into the All Star break if we're going to make any any type of push. Um, you know, you look back now and you think if we wouldn't have got those last two games on the road out west, man, it would it wouldn't look real good right now. Those last two games were huge, in all honesty. Those four points. I mean, this thing could have got real away from us in a hurry, got real sideways. It's not away from them yet. Yeah. But imagine but, not getting those four. Yeah. If you don't get yeah. those four, yeah, it's away from you. But it's not away from them yet. And then the two You're at, at Pittsburgh. Home. You know, that's six points that the way things were going that you didn't think you were going to get. But, again, you know, you don't think you're going to lose every game, of course, no matter how bad they're playing. So it all it can even itself out a little bit. But the reality is I think you brought up a great word, and that is adjustment. Will we see it? Will we see a change? Um, and again, who knows? Uh, uh, I would love to see the Blues team. You know, they surprised me a little bit earlier in the season when they went on a little stretch there, where they got their shit together and everybody was playing well. And you know what was interesting during that stretch? We've never talked about it, but the truth of the matter is, the fourth line played well the whole time, and it was almost like the top lines kind of fed off that. And when the top lines got going, we kind of saw what this team is capable of. Right. And that's really, at the end of the day, what we need to see in the adjustment part of it. So, great stuff, man. Love having you in every Monday. This is great, and you know it's not very often. Um, you know, you do something that you really enjoy. I've been a Blues fan my whole life. Um, being a part of this with Jamie and Darren is is exciting. But the reality of it is, this gentleman sitting across from me has been one of my best friends for, you know, almost you know my whole adult life, uh, even when I was a young man. And he's a great hockey guy. He's a great hockey coach. And to be able to talk hockey with him every Monday is really just kind of a cherry on top. So love having you in every Monday, G. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. That's Gary Henson, the uh, McKendry University Bearcats Division II head coach, uh, really doing some wonderful things there. And McKendry University is <laughs> definitely on the rise. It's a it's become a destination place for sure. And, of course, for Gary, uh, as he mentioned, they've been on the road for three and a half years. And the reality now is they have a beautiful, beautiful home facility that you know rivals really anybody's, especially in the Midwest, I would assure you. So I'm very happy for him, very happy for McKendry University, and we're glad they're, uh, they're, they've become – somewhat of a part of the show to this point so by having gary on and hopefully they'll be uh, even bigger part here coming up so great stuff as always from him really appreciate angela sharp and her report and of course bradley and all the gang at st louis game time uh, for blues nhl podcast this is jim cromer we will see you with the fellas back on thursday for our thursday edition of blues nhl podcast see you then This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.